Hello, podcast world. It was the great prophetess, Tina Turner, that first asked the question, what's love got to do with it? Well, my answer would be everything, actually. Welcome to Deeply Spiritual But Rather Uncertain and to my little closet studio here in South Africa. This is the place we ask the question, what does spirituality look like even when we have doubts and questions and uncertainty? Or even when we disagree with the religious party line? Or even when we are not sure at all about this whole God thing? My name is Skip Collins. I am the host, presenter, producer, and marketer of this podcast. Yep, it's just me in my closet with all of my own questions and uncertainty. So if that kind of podcast fits you, welcome. Before we get going, I am very excited to announce that we've created a Patreon page. If you don't know what that is, it's a place where you can go and donate as little as a dollar a month toward the podcast. It's automatically converted to RANDs for those of you in South Africa or other currencies outside of the USA. I didn't do this before because I had an income and this work was a bit of a hobby. But now that I've retired, this is my work. And the only way I can get paid for it is if people like you think it's worthwhile and donate on Patreon. The content of all this will still remain free, but if you want to help, go to patreon.com forward slash Skip Collins, and the link will be in the show notes as well. Okay, let's get going. In the last episode, I told you the story of Andiswa. If you missed it, you might want to go back and listen, at least to the beginning of the podcast, to hear the whole story, although I hope that the whole podcast is worth listening to. But the short version is that Andy arrived at our baby house in December of 2018. She was diagnosed with TB meningitis in April and then fought like crazy for eight months until she passed away on the 21st of December last year. The truth is that it was as difficult and as painful an experience as I've ever had to deal with. It set me back big time in ways I'm sure I don't even realize yet. All I know is that I struggled to cope. I'm sure many of you know exactly what that feels like. Ideas for podcasts, ideas for sermons, ideas on how to move forward, all things that are usually easy for me somehow just dried up. On top of the grief of losing Andiswa, we were hit with numerous other things, any of which on their own would be a struggle. And so there was no time to process any of it. It just seemed to be one thing on top of the next. As the fog has finally begun to lift in the past couple of weeks, I've had time to reflect and process these last few months of my life. 
In the last episode, I spoke about the financial inequality that we see in our world and how that became so obvious and convicting for me during Andy's illness. The other thing I've been challenged by, and this might sound a bit trite, but I just need to love more. What if at the end of the day, at the end of our lives, all that really mattered was how we loved? What if what we believe doesn't really matter? What if the church we went to, or if we even went to church at all, doesn't really matter? What if the religion we belong to doesn't even matter? And what if at the end of it all, all that matters is love? As I've reflected on Andy's short life, there's an aspect of this love thing that I have never given much thought to. And that is what it means to receive love. I'm sure that for some of us, receiving love can be more difficult than giving love. It sure is the riskiest part, because it's when I open myself to be loved that I risk getting hurt, that I risk loss and pain. For those of you who are as old as dirt like me, you will remember the Simon and Garfunkel song called I Am a Rock. The second verse goes like this. I've built walls, a fortress deep and mighty that none may penetrate. I have no need of friendship. Friendship causes pain. It's laughter and it's loving I disdain. I am a rock I am an island. How depressing is that? The truth is there there are probably tons of songs and maybe even more movies and poetry with that same message. Don't love and then you don't get hurt. Don't give of yourself. Don't put yourself out there. Just make everything about you and you will avoid the pain of love. There may even be times in our lives that we've attempted to live like that, but at the same time, we all know that to love and to be loved is our greatest need. I don't think I'm always good at allowing myself to be loved. I'm the one who says, I'm fine. I don't need any help. Don't worry about me. I'm reminded of the story of Jesus when a woman anointed him. You find the story in all four of the Gospels, although they really do vary considerably. But what they are consistent in is that this woman comes into a room, a room probably of all men. And John identifies her as Mary, the sister of Lazarus, who we know was most likely Mary Magdalene, an ex-prostitute. Luke just says she was a sinful woman. And the oil that she anointed Jesus with was incredibly expensive. People protested that this was a waste of money, but Jesus just allowed her to love him, and he openly received her love. I would have been the one saying, do we really have time for this? Like, there's a lot of work to be done, so let's get 
to it. I think Jesus needed to be loved just like we do. And so he opened himself up and allowed Mary and allowed his friends and the disciples to love him. He opened himself up to receive that love. But to open yourself up to receive love is a risk because somewhere along the line, you will probably get burned. Well, actually, not probably. You will get burned. I'm sure we all have the scars to prove it. It must have been devastating for Jesus when he was betrayed by Judas. And even more devastating when one of his very best friends, Peter, turned his back on him. To open yourself to be loved is to open yourself to risk and pain. One of the responsibilities of being a pastor is that you're called on from time to time to conduct funeral services. I've probably done hundreds over the years. Some of them for people I knew well and many for people I had never met. I don't really enjoy funeral services because the pain and the loss is so real. Even when I don't know the person, I get caught up in the pain and the loss that the family is suffering. What I realized as I was processing my feelings about Andy is that the deep loss wasn't because I loved her. It wasn't because I changed her diapers or fed her or drove her to the doctor time after time. It was because she loved me. Every smile, every laugh, every funny face she made was her loving me. When I would walk into the hospital and she had tubes coming out of her nose and her arms, she would just lay there and look at me and try to smile or try to make a funny face. It was like sick baby speak for, I love you. And I felt it. And it was real. I have often spoken of love as a verb. Often in weddings, I talk about this. Love is not just a feeling. Love is what I do. It's an action. But I'm coming to realize that love is even more than that. It's also about my openness to receive love. See, I can be very active in doing things for people, but closed off to actually receiving love. You see it in the dad who works extremely hard to provide for his family, and he does so exceptionally well. Because of his love for them and his hard work, the kids go to the best schools, and his wife can shop in the finest stores. He works late into the evening every day and most weekends. But in all of his doing to love and to provide for his family, he can still be closed off and doesn't give them a chance to love him. He's closed off from receiving love. Or the mom who works tirelessly from dawn until well after the kids go to bed. 
In the morning, she's doing breakfast and making lunches for the day. While the kids are at school, she's cleaning and doing laundry. Then it's homework and dinner and refereeing fights until bedtime. But in all the craziness and busyness, she misses the moments that her kids are loving her. And more and more, her heart gets closed off. And either though, even though she continues to do love every day, to receive love, I've got to be present. I've got to stop with the busyness and the doing. I've got to let the laundry go unfolded. I've got to close the laptop. I've got to put my phone on silent and allow myself to be loved, to open my heart and let love in. Maybe that's what Jesus was about when he was having dinner at Mary and Martha's home. Martha was busy doing love. There was nothing wrong with what Martha was doing. She's trying to get everything perfect for their special guest. She wants it just right. But all the while, she's getting frustrated because her sister Mary is just sitting in the lounge and talking to Jesus. Mary was open to receiving love. And Jesus says that that is better. We speak all the time about the love of God. It really is one of my favorite subjects. The fact that God loves us unconditionally without asking anything in return. There's an old hymn called The Love of God. I'm tempted to say it's my favorite old hymn, but the next week I might claim another as my favorite. So let me just say it's in the top five. But the second verse I just love goes like this. Could we with ink the oceans fill? And were the skies of parchment made? Were every stalk on earth a quill and every man a scribe by trade? To write the love of God above would drain the oceans dry. Nor could the scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky. I can even hear my friend Robert Johnson singing it as I quote those words to you. Such great poetry, such great truth. But here's what I've been coming to terms with. How much am I doing for God out of my love for him, but at the same time, I'm not giving him space to love me? I'm not opening my heart to receive love. I think that at times we feel we're just not worthy, really, to receive God's love. It's like, I know God loves me, but there are things in my life that preclude me from really receiving that love. Maybe it's my doubts and questions. I mean, how can I open myself to, up to receive love when I'm not even sure that God is real, right? Right? Or maybe it's because of my dark past. I've let God down over and over again. How can I allow myself to be open to his love? Or maybe it's because of the struggles I've had coming to terms with my sexual orientation. 
I've been told, or at least I've come to believe, that I'm not worthy of love because of dot, dot, dot. You can fill in the blank. It precludes me from receiving love. So I work and I strive and I sacrifice to love God because I want to get it right. I'm wanting to prove my love when all the while God is just wanting us to stop and receive, to stop doing and open our hearts to God loving us. When Andy was laying in the hospital, Hooked up to machines and monitors, there was nothing I could do but to be present. Just to sit and look at her. And as I did, I allowed her to love me. At Indy's memorial service, I played a song that I've probably spoken about on this podcast before because it is my favorite song. It's the theme song from the musical Rent. It's called Seasons of Love. You can Google it. But it asks the question, how do you measure a life? And their answer is, how about love? Andy's life was 15 months long. If we measure life by how successful one is in their work, or how many children they have, or the house they live in, or the car they drive, or by how many friends they have, or even how much they do for the world around them, Andy's life was a failure because she had done none of that. But if we measure her life in love, giving love, and receiving love, then it was a life well-lived. And so I end where I started. What if that is all that matters? What if at the end of the day, our lives are measured in love? Not measured by what we believe or what religion we belong to or what prayer we have prayed, but love. To love and to be loved. Thank you, Andy. Shalom.